okay? So just because we're large and we charge a high fee doesn't mean our standards drop. If anything, I think our standards rise because um, if we don't provide a good service and keep a high standard, then they'll leave. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I am. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. G'day, this is George Free, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. I have today with me Robbie Castellano, who's actually a returning guest. Um, we won't get into the details why. He'll probably be a returning guest again, but this is the, the first actual official podcast we're doing together. So welcome to the show, Robbie. Thanks, George. Glad to be here. Awesome. So uh, so just as a, a bit of an introduction. So Robbie's based in Sydney. They uh, run IMC Australia. Um, and also looking at the website now, I'm seeing uh, number one rated martial arts center in Australia as rated by ISCA. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a bit of a chat and hear what Robbie's up, up to. So, welcome to the show, Robbie. Thank you, George. Cool, so just give us a, a couple of minutes, intro, uh, just your background, what you've got going on, etc. Yeah, so basically started as a kid, went to a local uh, karate school, which is in uh, Western Sydney. Started at the age of four, five. Trained up until I was a teenager, and then I uh, started working part-time for my instructor, uh, teaching. Always loved teaching, so it was always good to te- teach the kids and then eventually teaching adults. And then got to my 20s and decided that uh, I wanted to go see the world. So I, started, I went traveling around the world for, for about seven years. And by, I still came back home every now and then, teach a little bit, travel again before eventually settling and uh, managing the school for my instructor and then eventually buying it out 100%. Excellent. So in the travels, were you were you actually instructing as well? No, nah, not really. I, I was always training. Like I was in Thailand and, and Belarus and England and Colombia. I eventually stayed in Colombia for a few years where I eventually met my wife. Um, but it was always just training. It's hard to teach in a different language. So. Gotcha. I've always wondered if that's an opportunity, you know, for young kids, if they are, you know, learning martial arts and they can instruct, if there's the opportunity for them to actually travel abroad and, you know, just plug into different schools and instruct for a while. Yeah, yeah I'm sure there, I'm sure there would be, but, but I didn't do it now. Okay, so, uh, so from teaching to owning the school, how did that journey evolve? Yeah, so basically I was in, uh, in Thailand doing a bit of training with, with my wife. And my instructor uh, had a he actually gave me a call saying he's had a few problems with his current manager, and basically asked me if I want to take the reins and, and manage the school for him. And so I did. I got on the first, 
first plane back and uh, started managing the school. We sat down, had a chat, <clears throat> worked out a, a five-year plan. So I would manage it for the for the five years and then eventually buying it out, which I which I now own. Yeah. So when when we took over, it was about up to about 135 students when I when I managed it, and we, we built it up to about the 500 mark now. So it's going well. Gotcha. So was how do how do you feel that that helped? As in having that five year plan and having a good structure and sort of knowing, all right, this is this is where you're going and. Uh, I guess maybe easier to to make the purchase as well, sort of leading. Yeah, into- yeah well, that, that, that's it. You know, I'm pretty fortunate that I had an, an instructor, Paul Zadro, uh, as a good mentor. I mean, he already did all the all the hard work of of uh, going to the conferences overseas and learning the the, the do's and don'ts. So um, we basically sat down, and it was like an apprenticeship. You know, the five year plan was to learn the ropes, how to how to run the floor, run the business side, um, and, yeah, to, to help me eventually to buy it out. So without that five-year plan, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. So we've designed that now in our whole IMZ, IMC organization for, for the rest of the generation to come through and, and do the same thing. Okay, fantastic. So, so, how, does, so how does that look then? If, um, you know, so you've, you've got this sort of five-year structure where – you know, you know how to groom and educate and train people to take over location. Um, yep. how, how does that look? Do you are you are you looking for you know that in within instructors who can take that role, or are you looking at that as more sort of an expansion type? type yeah, look, a bit of both. <clears throat> I mean, we got our leadership program, um, and those um, youngsters that want to come through and eventually open up their own school, we, we tell them this is what you have to do. You know what I mean? They've got to go through all the reins of junior instructor and then floor manager, program director, um, and then a school manager. And then then the system is to, to buy it out if they want. And we, we, we pay our managers fairly highly. So if they're happy to just keep their wage, um, then that's fine. If they want to go bigger and more responsibility, we've got a plan to buy it out as well for them to buy it out. Gotcha. And how many how many instructors have taken up that role, taken that path? Uh, at the, yeah, at the moment, um, myself has done it. Um, we've got another instructor, Mitchell, who who runs the IMC Weatherall Park School. He, he's uh, he's doing it at the moment. He's on his five year journey, and we're about to open up another school in the Western Sydney. Um, a young girl, and, and she's going to start the five year journey as well. On the five-year mark, so does that take uh, 100% ownership or do you still sort of run under a type of franchise model? Or Yeah, look, um, the deal that I had was I, I would take over 100%. Okay, it was always the plan. My instructor uh, always wanted that for me. You know, I've been with him since he's a kid, so he helped me out, and which I would want the same for my, my juniors that, that have been with me forever too. So, yeah, it was to buy it out 100%. It was still under the IMC organisation. But our schools are separately owned. Gotcha. Okay. So when it comes to um, so so you have uh, you mentioned how many locations again? You've got we now have four. Got four, four locations. Four locations, all Sydney based. All Sydney based. Yep. All Sydney based. Okay. So so when it comes to things like marketing and and the bigger picture, how do you guys go about that? Is that a team effort or do you still operate individually? Yeah, definitely. Look, we're, we're big on our organisation with team effort. I mean. They're individually owned, but we all work together. So every Monday, 
we'll come in, do a team meeting, um, and we all throw out all our different ideas, marketing strategies, statistics, everything. And I think it's, it works in our favor because we've got a lot more, you know, a lot more heads together, create different ideas, and, and to grow our schools all together. And we, and we swap and change instructors sometimes too. Now I'll send one of my junior instructors over to a different school for a week so they can, they can um, pick up some new staff and, and vice versa. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful. So you almost have this whole mastermind group within your own organization and everybody can come from different angles and different perspectives. That's right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So how do you then take those, like, uh, let's say, you know, you if, if we had to walk through it, you guys have your, your Monday meeting, uh, somebody comes up with an idea, then what's sort of the process of rolling it out within the schools do you do, would you trial something first at one school or would you just yeah. roll it out and run yeah. with it and see assess the that's results right. after yeah so yeah look, every every monday we'll come through statistics that's usually the first thing on the agenda where we've got where we've lost where we've gained and then um, we'll do our marketing for the month what we're doing and then we always get, close the meeting with an idea someone's got an idea we'll we'll tell that person to try it in their school um, see how it goes, and if it's successful, then we'll, we'll try it in the other schools. Um, if it fails, then the other schools don't do it, obviously. <laughs> gotcha. So um, can you share a bit more, you know, just about sort of that that structure of that Monday meeting? So you mentioned you've got statistics, you talk marketing, etc. Is there anything else that you cover within moving the organization forward? So we always talk about what we're doing uh, that month. So whether it's a life skill project or, or, or something like that, with gradings or if we're doing seminars, how, how to organize that. Um, a pretty basic standard meeting, okay, nothing, nothing too drastic, um, but it works. And everyone turns up and everyone is on on, on the same page. And that is, that's important. If one ball drops, then the rest will, will crumble in again. So it's, it's important to keep it all, all together. Gotcha. Okay, so, so let's talk a bit more about, so you're based in Liverpool, right? Yes, Western Sydney, yep. Western Sydney, gotcha. And I, I believe, um, now that we talk about it, Paul Zado, I did see him in the in the news uh, taking on the, the political role. Is, is, yeah, is that right? yeah, so I think he's got to that stage in his life where he needs another challenge, you know, so he's a very successful man. Um, so I think he wanted that next challenge, so, so he went, went for the... The local Liverpool seat. Unfortunately, he didn't win, but uh, I'm sure he had a good experience and made a lot of contacts as well. It was actually good for us to, to watch it, see how it all works. Gotcha. In, um, actually, I, I did another podcast interview yesterday with uh, Jim Morrison in Canada, and um, and and uh, he was mentioning their 15th birthday this year, and the mayor is coming along. And I was like, hang on. You can't let that story just rest. How do you, how do you get the mayor to attend your your birthday? He said no. Well, okay, they actually train train together. But um, it was interesting that he mentioned how much um, community involvement that creates because of you know having the obviously having the mayor and the kids train there, but yeah. then just getting really involved with uh, projects that they do with kids with autism and sort of being on the forefront. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Would you would you would that open different avenues for you within the martial arts school with having uh, Paul in that position? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it just it's just another another way to get your name out there. You know what I mean? I mean, we had the, the New South Wales Sports Minister 
come to our school with this campaign. And uh, he came to see what, what we do in the school, how the kids train. We did a couple of demonstrations for him. Um, and that goes all over social media as well. So it's just another another avenue of marketing and, and getting your brand out there again. So, yeah, it definitely helps. Gotcha. Okay, so let's let's talk about Liverpool. So, um, and, and uh, we, we were just chatting about it earlier, just um, – IMC Australia, number one rated martial arts center as rated by ISCA. So what's the big focus for you? Is it uh, just, I guess, let's start from the beginning. What styles What styles do you teach? Yeah, so basically we're a multi-style school. <clears throat> we uh, teach karate, um, kickboxing, MMA and jiu-jitsu. Our main clientele is kids karate. <clears throat> makes up 70% of our school. Uh, MMA Jiu-Jitsu is just sort of an extra thing for, for people to come um, and kickboxing programs are pretty big as well. But our basic main focus is kids karate. Gotcha. And then the competition component component with that is... is yeah, that so is a good organisation that has multi-styles. So you can do from kickboxing to little ninjas, five-year-old kids competing. So we always stay on the ISCA circuit. Um, it's probably the biggest in Australia as well, covering all the different states. And we've always had a strong tournament team going into these uh, martial arts tournaments. And uh, most of the years, we always rate number one. So, uh, and, and that helps our students with retention as well. Sometimes kids get bored in their normal training, so they want an extra bit of push. So they, they join the tournament team and, and they'll compete. Gotcha. Okay. And, and so is... Is that is that tournaments and things happening locally? Do you do you give students the opportunity to travel abroad? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Look, there's always a tournament nearly every month. Um, some are in Sydney, some are in the country. I mean, there's there's tournaments in Queensland, Melbourne, even in Perth where you are. I think uh, Graham McDonald runs the ISCA in, in in WA, and then we every couple of years we take a team over to the US Open, compete over there. Last year, we actually went to Jamaica for the ISCA World Championships there, which was awesome. I love traveling and martial arts and traveling come together. It's, I'm, I'm very happy. It's my yeah. life. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, of course. Any any opportunity to go overseas and, and take a team, we're, we're on it. So, so how, how did that how did that help the team? You know, when they, they go to a place like Jamaica, I, I spent a lot of time in Jamaica when I was in my young travel days when I was working on cruise ships. Like, crazy place but it was always good fun just beautiful beaches and you know friendly people um so when when a team goes and they they travel to a place like that how does you know what's what's the effect on just the culture and the team when they when they get back yeah well you know yourself i mean if if you're traveling and you're going overseas it's a whole new experience you know what i mean they get to see people from different countries um different styles different ways of life so, I mean, any type of traveling you know, is good for anybody. You, know, I mean, you always come back a different person. And I think it brings a team together as well. You, know, you spend a couple of weeks with somebody overseas on, the, on those tours, and it brings back a closer relationship too. So, uh, it always works well. There's never, there's never, never a negative experience on those trips. Gotcha. So where so where are you guys headed as a and and you personally? You know you've got you're part of the the IMC group. What's uh, what's the path forward for you? Yeah. So look, we we've designed our leadership program to to keep growing. All our schools, of course, anyone's goal is to, to also keep growing. 
Uh, my personal goal is to open up another school, which which we're in the in the frame of doing. Hopefully this year, um, and then yeah, just keep going, do do as much as possible. Uh, sky's the limit. Okay, and and you mentioned your wife trains as well. So is is that a, is it just you in the business? Is it family business or? Yeah, yeah, so it's just me and my wife. She she mainly does all the admin for the school, which I'm pretty lucky because that's what she studied in uh, university. So it all. Yeah. Planned out and work together. But she, she stays at home. I pretty much run the school. I've got my um, my manager of the school, so I don't have to always be there. I try to have at least a couple of days off in the week spending my family. But it's all about the system. I mean, we, you've got to design those systems and you've got to stick to them and, and make sure they work. As soon as one of those systems kicks out, it all falls apart. So it's, I think it's so important that you have those right and, and stick to it. I'd love to ask you about that. So, I mean, if you're mentioning, obviously, you, you, you're preparing as well to go for a second school. Um, so, yes, your systems have got to be in place. And you mentioned, okay, you've got your wife involved. But you mentioned she doesn't really come to the dojo, nah, just working more, at home. She's more behind the scenes. Yeah, she's more behind the scenes. You've got family, you've got kids, right? Yeah, i got two little kids, five and two. Uh, my son, who's five, he, he trains. And uh, he, he's one of those karate kids that pretty much lives at the school. Um, and he loves it, so I'm very grateful for. So, oh, but yeah, yeah family awesome. man. So, how do you manage this and moving forward? Right. So, you, you mentioned you're really clear about your your systems and then your family time. So, how, how do you how do you create that balance? And especially knowing that you've got the new new location coming coming as well. Yeah. Well, it all comes down to the right person, right? I mean, if, if you're going to open up another school. You, you wouldn't do it unless you had someone that you that you believe in that could do it. Um, so and that's where our leadership program comes into into place. So we have a person now that's ready to step up. She's pretty much been managing my school for the last couple of years, and uh, I sort of stood back a bit to see how she how she runs it all by herself, and she's proven that she can do it easily. So we we sat her down and asked if she wants to move forward and open up another school and, and run that one. And she agreed. So she's in the process now of training somebody to replace her, so, which is awesome. All about the systems. So let's say you're starting with systems. What sort of the what are the core systems that really that you have to have in place before you feel that you're ready to open that extra location? I think. Well, my instructor always told me as as a test, <clears throat> if you go on holidays for for a month and your school grows by that person that's, that you've left in charge, then they're capable of running an, uh, their school of their own. If it fails and, and, and you lose students while you're away, then maybe that person isn't. So that's one little test we do. Um, but we, we make sure everyone's trained up. Okay, So we've got our leadership program, like I said, and uh, we have different levels in that leadership program. And if someone isn't up to standard in a certain area, we make sure that, that they need more training. We do our staff training um, once once every couple of months, like a big staff training, where we make sure everyone's up to speed because there's always new casuals and new leadership members, and uh, we just make sure our standards high and up to date. And and sort of the core system, like the system of, of systems that the you know the the one thing that's got a that's kind of steers everything and, and puts everything in place. What would you say that is? Yeah, look, look, it's pretty straightforward like every other school. You know what I mean? There's so much, so much information out there now. I mean, you can go on Facebook 
and, and see a whole, a whole lot of stuff, even for free. And uh, I mean, there's plus, there's plenty of help. You know, it's funny because like, I go to the ISCA tournaments and I speak to um, so many school owners that are trying to do martial arts full time. And I tell them all the different stuff they like to go to an EOC conference, for example. And I tell them they should go if they want to grow. And, and then they don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's simple stuff that you can follow and they just don't do it. And then they wonder why they don't grow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just all the basic, normal stuff that's out there. Follow the follow the system that everyone's created and, and, and plenty of information out there. Okay, cool. So, so Robbie, you're well-established. You know, you guys have got – you tick all the boxes. You've got the systems. Um you know, you've, you've done your 10,000 hours and beyond in, in business. So if you were to break it down, what advice would you give to someone going from zero to 100, 100 to 200, 200 to 300 students, etc.? Yeah. Yeah, look, f- first of all, if I was, uh, the first thing I'd do is find the right location. I mean, all our schools and even our future schools, we open up on a main road. So that, that's half of our marketing done already for us. I mean, you can you can try to beat the rent and get a little, something a little bit cheaper in the back alleys, but um, you're going to pay more in marketing. So all our schools must be on the main road. So that's one thing I'd be looking at. And the next thing is is I'll be trying to find the first person that walks into my dojo with leadership skills, and I'll be starting to train that person to to help and, and starting to eventually put them on as staff. So that would be my first things. Yeah. So location super important yep. and then really identifying that leader from the yep. get from the right go anything else from that point uh, from there if i started to grow my school the next thing i would 100 percent put in would be a leadership program whether it's kids or teenagers because that's going to be your core of your school they're going to pretty much run your school for you um while you can concentrate on other things to grow so that i'll 100 be all for leadership program straight away. That's gold right there. Good location, half your marketing's done. Find your right leader and start focusing on the team. Team start building. building that team. Yeah, start, start building, building that team. team straight away. Yep. Anything else you would add to that? I mean, from there, the school would grow because you would have trained your staff um, to how you want it, follow the systems. I'll probably sign up with, if I didn't have an, an organization like I do, I'd probably sign up with. I mean, there's plenty of companies out there that help you. I kind of like to stick with the, the Aussie groups. Um, I'd be signing up for that straight away as well because that's going to help you grow your school. And these guys have got it all in place for you. That's what I keep saying to these guys that, that I was telling them, talking about. It's already done for them. they just got to sign up and follow it. And, and they don't do that. And that's why they don't grow. So if you're serious about growing your school, find a, a good mentor that's done it before and follow the system. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Do the work, right? It's work. <laughs> All right, awesome. So uh, one or two more questions. Um, you, you mentioned you mentioned your location in Liverpool, right? So you, you're on a main road. It's also probably, I would, on a wild guess, reckon that Liverpool has the most martial arts schools per square meter in the whole of Australia. So yeah. what's, your ta- what's your take on that, on the competition? 
does it, well, is it beneficial? Yeah. Or? Well, it's, it's true. There's so many martial arts schools right where I am. And I remember telling my instructor about it when he when he offered me the job. I said, oh, but there's so many schools around here. How are we going to compete? And he, he pretty much said, if you do the things that I tell you to do, um, you'll be the biggest and, uh, and you won't worry about them. And that's what we did. And, and now we are the biggest. I mean, I've got a school that's 200 meters down the road from me. And he's still successful. I mean, he's got, I think, about 400 students. And I've got 500 students. And we're, but, we're, I mean, it doesn't matter. Would I be bigger? Probably. I probably wouldn't be able to fit everyone in if, if he wasn't there. Um, but it doesn't affect this really anyway. I mean, as long as you keep your school professional and, and provide a good service, people will always come. You know what I mean? So um, it hasn't bothered us, no. Thanks for being on. I'm going to ask one question, and uh, I've been contemplating whether I should ask this question, but I think it's start. It's worth talking about it because it's. Uh, I'm, I've got my take on this word and question, and a lot of people do. And I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my appointment back, my my appointment, my opinion, for now. And I'm gonna ask this question in a few podcasts and see how it goes. So, here it is, McDojo. The word McDojo. What is what does that mean to you? What is a McDojo? <laughs> what, the, what even is a McDojo? I mean, I've heard, I've heard the concept before. Um, people say if you're you're big and you're charging high high fees that you're, you're a McDojo. I reckon it's all crap to be honest. Okay, because um, I mean our standard hasn't dropped, and and I challenge anyone who who, who hasn't got a big school. Or as a smaller school and think that their their standard is higher, then bring bring that student in, okay, and, and see if they can keep up with some of our students. I bet you they can't. Okay, so just because we're large and we charge a high fee, doesn't mean our standards drop. If anything, I think our standards rise because um, if we don't provide a good service and keep a high standard, then they'll leave, and they can go down the road to the ten dollar a week school. That's fine. So I, I think it's a load of crap to be honest love it <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome Robbie it's, it's been great having you on where can people go to connect with you or find more about you yeah well you can see our website um, au, or you can add me on Facebook at Robbie Castellano okay, or should, you should find me on friends of all the uh, high profile martial arts in the country so yeah, add me. I'll be happy to help you if you have any questions. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Robbie. Thanks for Thanks, being George. On. Really appreciate it, mate. Soon. You're a legend. And it's all Cheers. awesome what you're doing too. I love it. Awesome. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a, a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group, and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow, and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So it's called the Martial Arts Media Community, and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group, so martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P, uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group, that will take you straight there, uh, request to join, and I will accept your invitation. Thanks, I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers.
that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.